welcome to Visit the Zoo with your host, author Frederick Fishman. Well, hello and welcome again to another episode of Visit the Zoo. This is episode number 010. Episode number 10, and my name is Frederick Fishman. I'm the author and creator of the ebook, print book, audiobook, and DVD Visit the Zoo series, where we introduce you to the wonderful and fascinating world of animals, and it certainly is. The main website for all things Visit the Zoo, by the way, is at www.zooanimals.info. That's www.zooanimals.info. Dot info. And if you want to help support us and help us to grow and expand Visit the Zoo podcast and also help with the maintenance of the podcast, please do go to www.patreon, that's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, patreon.com slash visit the zoo. It would be a wonderful way to help us out and keep this podcast going and it would be certainly appreciated. Let's get going. What do you say? We're going to do something different with reading the news this time. You know, usually we I just take three articles, plop them in, and I read them. This time we're going to do something different. And I guess the best way to start out is to explain a little bit about the source of the material that I'm going to give you. Back in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, when you went to a movie theater, as the lights came down and the projector started to roll, you would, of course, see coming attractions, but you would also see cartoons and newsreels and then the feature attraction. So what you got with the newsreels, the latest news, because that was long before... The internet, of course, long before television, the 24-hour news television cycle. And these newsreels would feature hard news, feature stories, government, politics, crises around the world, but also a lot of animal stories as well, because it seemed to be pretty popular with people. And they would always be read by a narrator by the name of Ed Herlihy. He was a narrator who transitioned from newsreels into television, and he was doing that for decades and decades. So let's take a look, or take a listen, rather, to our first newsreel. I'm going to play three of them. I have six all queued up and ready to go, but I'm going to only play three today, and I'll play another three some other time. So here is our first newsreel. Three cuddly, adorable bits of fluff pose for the camera. We mean the Rome Zoo's new lion cubs, not the Italian movie starlets who share the act at this historic press conference. Pretty gals are plentiful, but new lion cubs are quite an event, so concentrate. Kids meet cubs, cold shoulder girls. Cubs enjoy it all. This beats a jungle cave anytime. Kids and cubs made friends just as quickly as could be, and a perfectly good time was had by all. And there you have newsreel number one. It became so regular, it would be expected that you would see a newsreel like this. It it was very popular. It, it really was. That, that's how people got to see and hear what was going on with the news of the day. Besides the radio, of course, which is what this is. 
Actually, it is radio. It's a theater of the mind. Let's step into the seat again and listen to another newsreel. Transport Funston, home from the Orient via Alaska, where she picked up rare passengers. Sea otters, first of their kind ever to survive captivity. Robert Jones, manager of the Aleutian Wildlife Refuge, chaperoned three of the cute critters who were captured on remote Amchitka Island last winter. Their destination, the zoo, where science and the public can study their habits. Partial to crab meat cocktail they are, keeps them content at their fighting weight of 20 pounds. Almost exterminated 50 years ago for his fur, he's a rare sight in captivity. But with man's help, he's staging a comeback. I think that you notice you've got to wade through some of the silliness in the script to get your information about the animals. Okay, let's listen to one more piece of news. This one, by the way, the first one was from 1958. The one you just heard was from 1954. This next one is from 1958. Zurich, Switzerland proudly stakes a claim in the Who's New of the Zoo Department. Junior keeps Mama busy as a beaver because Junior is an eager beaver, naturally, who can't wait to go paddling off on his own. Junior's a little too small for aquatic escapades, so Mama, or maybe it's Papa, only another beaver can really be sure. Anyhow, whoever is it has to take time off from the lodge to keep chasing their persistent little pup. Baby is headstrong and pretty fast with his flippers, but fortunately, he's still small and easily portable. Maybe this time he'll get the idea and stay put. Mother's awfully busy, but Junior's pretty eager. And he wins. And that is our zoo news for this week. It's time now for our mystery animal sounds, and I think from some of the comments, again, this is one of the most popular segments of the Visit the Zoo podcast. Let's play our first animal sound, and these are short, by the way, all of them, so I'll repeat them a couple of times. All right, here's our first animal sound. Short, but I think you may get the idea. Try it again. And one more time. Okay, this next one is from an animal you won't believe. I can hardly wait to get to the descriptions later on in the episode, but let me play a very short sound from this animal. It's not what you think, but let me play it again. And finally, this is our third animal sound. There's a deep-throated growl. Hmm. Coming up soon, you'll hear the answers to see which sound belonged to what animal. And now we're going to play for you a piece of the 12-book, 120-animal Visit the Zoo series. This is a full description of an animal, and today we're going to be listening to a description of the orangutan, this very intelligent animal that probably most everybody knows once they've seen a picture of it. So let's listen to a description of this primate, see what you think. Here's another big animal, the orangutan. 
On older males, you can see the vertical pads on either side of their faces. That means they are the dominant older male in the group in the zoo. Orangutans live about 30 years or more. The orangutan we are looking at is taking an afternoon nap. Older primates and humans do that. Orangutans are found only in Borneo and Sumatra. Those are both large islands south of the Asian continent. They mainly live in tropical forests of those countries, but can be found scattered in the mountains, lowlands, and swamps. In all those areas, orangutans are tree dwellers. They are solitary creatures with one of the highest levels of primate intelligence. In captivity, they are sometimes pranksters and love to play tricks on their zookeepers. They communicate with grunts, hoots, and a kissing sound. Mothers are devoted to their babies. They have big brains, keen intellect, great color eyesight, and most important, a human trait, they have opposing thumbs. In fact, almost 97% of their genes are the same as humans. Fruit is their favorite food. Again, humans love fruit too. They also eat bark, honey, insects, birds, and eggs. They have the nickname of Old Man of the Forest. You look into their eyes and you can see the brain power at work. It's wonderful we can see them at zoos and look into their eyes. Although today, as we stand and watch this orangutan, we aren't going to see much. His eyes are closed and he is sound asleep. Beautiful, smart animal, the orangutans. Now, we're going to go back to the animal sounds, and I'll play them for you and give you a little bit of a description of these animals. All right, here is the first animal sound. Let me do it one more time. That is a grizzly bear. Now, the grizzly bear is a subspecies of the brown bear, and scientists call it the North American bear. They live mostly near the coast and inland, but a lot in the coast, and that's where you'll find the larger bears. They're found also in Asia, in Canada, and throughout the North American continent, towards the northern part of the continent, and in Europe as well. There's a separate subspecies of this grizzly bear that live in Russia, China, and Korea. Now, they first got their name grizzly from the Lewis and Clark Expedition, 1804 through 1806 when they were discovered by Lewis and Clark it was described back then as this bear being grizzly it was finally classified in 1815 officially as a grizzly bear now the adult females weigh anywhere from 290 to 400 pounds and the males weigh anywhere from 400 pounds to 800 pounds their average length is about six and a half feet there have been some recorded males as heavy as 1500 pounds they have white tipped fur on the on their back and some of these giants can stand as tall as 10 feet now if you look up at your ceiling and if it's let's say between 8 and 10 feet that's how tall they can stand so they can tower over a human their front claws are two to four inches long like I said, they live in the lower 48, and in, in Alaska, there's 30,000 of them remaining. In the lower 48, mostly in Montana and Idaho and northern Washington, there's 1,500 
remaining. In British Columbia, there are 15,000 remaining. They live between 22 and 26 years, and they eat plants, animals, and fish. And they are big-time meat eaters. They're usually more aggressive than the black bears, especially if they have cubs with them. And there's so much more to talk about these grizzly bears. I could go on and do an entire program. But, you know, I could talk about what to do when confronted by a grizzly or how to avoid these hungry creatures. Okay, let's play our surprising next animal sound. Let me play that one more time, so listen carefully, and then I'm going to give you the shocking reveal as to what this animal is. It almost sounds like a bird, but it's not. It's a rhinoceros. Yeah, a rhinoceros. These are very large creatures. At the shoulders, they can stand six feet tall. They're 11 to 15 feet long, and they can weigh between... 4,000 and 7,000 pounds. It live in Africa and about 17,000 remain in existence. They have large tusks above their nose which are prize trophies and they're hunted by poachers for those tusks. But there's a new trick that's out to try and discourage that. If they could be caught and tranquilized, an RFI chip is placed into those tusks, like a chip like what you would put into one of your, to a dog or even a cat to track these things down. That way, the tusk becomes unusable because it could be traced back. And for such a large animal, and it is large, they have very small brains, but they're very nimble on their feet and can run up to 30 miles per hour full speed. They eat mostly leafy plants thank goodness they first evolved 34 to 56 million years ago and i would suggest because they can be cantankerous is that you would not want to meet them in the wild you want to avoid this two to three ton heavyweight all right let's listen to our final animal sound one more time That particular cuddly creature is a tiger, described in my book series as a Malayan tiger. These tigers are very strong. They're large, and they're very strong-willed as well, with a penetrating stare. This species, the Malayan tiger, lives in South Asia, and there are about 13,200 remaining on the planet, totally. A hundred years ago, this is an amazing statistic. Okay, I just said in Asia, there's 13,000 remaining. A hundred years ago, there were 100,000 of these tigers. The smallest tiger is the Sumatran tiger at 8 feet long, and the largest is the Siberian tiger, which is 10 feet long. They weigh an average of 400 pounds. They live near the water, they love the water, and they have large and powerful and sharp claws. They also have large teeth and tremendous bite strength. They eat wild boar, deer, human livestock, and sometimes because they eat human livestock, that puts them at odds with farmers. They're generally solitary creatures and they live 15 to 20 years in the wild and about 25 years in captivity or in zoos. So those are our three animal sounds for today. Okay, as we come to the end of this episode, this is poetry and or quote time, and I'm going to read you a poem today. And this is from the very famous poet, Emily Dickinson. This poem is called A Narrow Fellow in the Grass, and it was first published in 1866. 
a narrow fellow in the grass, occasionally rides. You may have met him, did you not? His note as sudden is, the grass divides, as with a comb. A spotted shaft is seen, and then it comes close to your feet, and opens further on. He's like a boggy acre, a floor too cool for corn. Yet when a boy, and barefoot, I more than once, at noon, have passed. I thought a whiplash, umbrading in the sun, when stooping to secure it, it wrinkled, and was gone. Several of nature's people I know, and they know me. I feel for them a transport of cordiality, but never met this fellow, attended or alone, without a tighter breathing, and zero at the bone. And that is it for this episode number 10 of the Visit the Zoo podcast. I want to thank you very much for joining us today. I hope you'll come back again next week. Now, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, but especially subscribe so you'll have a notice as to when the next podcast is coming up. So just hit the subscribe button in iTunes or whatever directory that you are listening to the Visit the Zoo podcast. And join us for our next episode. We'll again take a look at some of the latest news of the day. We'll get some animal descriptions, some mystery sounds, and maybe a surprise or two. Our main website is at www.zooanimals, plural, zooanimals.info. And we would appreciate any support that you can give us to keep us going and expanding our Visit the Zoo podcast. And that website for support is patreon.com slash visit the zoo. That's www. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. Visit the zoo. So, until next time, thanks a lot. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.